Hey guys, welcome to SOD Talks. My name is Emma. I'm Asna. And today we have an interview for you. We interviewed Jen Masters. Yep. She is a teacher at George Brown College. She teaches Corporate One, Interaction, and Thesis. Thesis, yeah. She gives us a lot of advice about topics to choose for a thesis, yeah. uh, time management, file organization. File organization, yes. And just her experience as a student at George Brown herself. You're going to enjoy it. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so I just wanted to start off to kind of let you tell our viewers who you are and what you do and just give them a like quick elevator pitch on who is Jen Masters. <laughs> sure. So I feel like I do a lot of things. Um, I teach. Um, so like my background is design, graphic design. Um, but right now I, I teach at the School of Design, part of George Brown College. And then I also work with um, Lori Endes with uh, the in-store. And the majority of what we do is we work on special projects. Um, I'd say that's probably 80 to 90% of what we do where we mentor students, um, like the two of you. And uh, we work on a variety of projects and I think it's a great learning experience for the students, um, as you've probably already learned, mm -hmm. that you really get to put into practice um, the professional practice skills and use your design skills in sort of like a real world setting to a certain degree. A lot of the clients are internal, but it's still like, you know, you, you actually have your deadlines and, um, you know, updating design based off of client feedback. So yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's, that's who I am right now. <laughs> nice. Um, I know that initially you went to school for aviation technology and I was just wondering what that experience was like and how you even ended up deciding to go to, for, to school for graphic design like a few years later. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I originally went to school for aviation is a very, it was a great experience in the sense that I, it was very challenging. Um, so it really pushed me. I learned a lot of things. I met a lot of really great people. Um, but at the end of the day, it just like, wasn't, there's not really the creativity in it. It's a very like checklist driven black and white industry rules and regulations, which is that's the way it needs to be. Um, and so if you're in any way creative, it's a really challenging thing, industry to be in. And growing up, I was always into like art and design. Um, my dad is a photographer and I used to like help him all the time. And he taught me a lot of things. And um, so anyway, so it was just always in me to be, you know, in like in the arts of some form. And so I started taking night courses at George Brown College. And that's where I met Diane, Diane Ehrlich, who oh, wow. continuing education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you should totally take the full-time program. And so I was like, <sighs> now or never. Mm -hmm. so she convinced me. And uh, yeah, that's sort of what got me into graphic design. Not that I'd never touched it before. Like I said, growing up, I was always into the arts. Mm -hmm. um, my parents just were like, you know, artists and designers just don't make any money. I think you hear this story from so many people. Yeah. And so, you know, I think like parents always try to like push their kids into something other than the arts. But um, yeah, I was just super passionate about it. And uh, so I just decided to just go for it. And mm -hmm. so I, after taking some night courses, I took the full-time program. And uh, that was the start of my journey. Hmm. What was well, the first like night course that you took? Do you remember? Oh gosh, I can't even remember. It was probably like just intro to the like the programs. It was the either Illustrator or intro. I think it was probably like intro to Illustrator because I already knew Photoshop a little bit from my dad, but um, I didn't know Illustrator at all. And yeah, so, yeah. And does, Diane was your teacher. Yeah, she's my teacher. Class? She was my teacher in uh, the graphic design program. Amazing. Yeah. If there's anyone Bring to get someone pumped about design, it's <laughs> Diane. Yeah. <laughs> she's the best and she's so helpful. Like, she's just so supportive mm -hmm. of the students. Like, she just, yeah, I feel like that will probably get into another question later on. But yeah. uh, I loved, I loved the, the school. I always felt yeah. like it was just such a, 
a welcoming environment, such a great program, so many people so supportive, um, especially the faculty. I just like really had such a great experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, besides the faculty and um, just the loving environment at George Brown, um, what was your other experiences with the college? Like what drew you to it? Even to when you took those initial online courses, why didn't you go to like Seneca or um, somewhere else? So I think part of it was taking the night courses. It kind of gave me a little taste of like what the program was about and just, you know, Diane also just speaking to her. Um, and this was back when like the night courses and I think even the full-time program was in like the St. James campus. Like it was like okay. not at 2.30 Richmond. So it was that long ago. Um, but I also liked that it was like in Toronto. I was already living in Toronto. And so that was a big draw for me. And um, I didn't want to be spending four years in school. Um, I kind of wanted to get it going. So I just, mm -hmm. that was, it ended up being like my first choice uh, for those few reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Um, is there anything that you wish the program focused on then that they do now or vice versa, do you think? I think the only thing is, and I think it's like just a really hard thing to implement into school is just, I think, more the hands on. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it's great for like giving you there's so many um, projects you can do within all of the courses. And I think it's great that you get like that with the electives. I, I didn't realize this at the time, but. I guess um, our the school of design program has a lot of um, optional electives where it's like editorial design or you know motion graphics. Mm -hmm. um, so you can kind of pick and choose the things that you want to focus on. But yeah, I think it's more the sort of understanding how the industry works. Like you learn a little bit about it in the classroom, but um, just having that more like hands-on applied experience, kind of like what we do at in you know where we work with. On, on actual projects and learning mm -hmm. a little bit more of the terminology and like deadlines and, and just like learning the ropes a little bit better. Um, I, I think that that would have been, um, that would have been nice, but I think it's it's just a hard thing to to implement into the programs, right? Cause you do still need that foundational, um, those foundational courses of like just learning design. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think now, cause like in didn't exist when I was there, I think mm -hmm. this is, I honestly think it's it's such a great opportunity. I'm like, I wish, wish they had that when I was there. So, I know. It's yeah. amazing. I was just telling Emma that it's only been three weeks, but it just feels like I'm learning so much already. And especially the way I love that you mentioned initially, what we're going to learn is how to deal with other people and create something together, which yeah. is obviously how it's going to be in the real world. So it's a great experience mm -hmm. and we're so thankful for it. Yeah, and I think like I I say this to all the people that we that we bring on it in, but I feel like in like in all honesty, I feel like the students who work at in and work on these projects, they're so ready. I'm like, I'm not worried about you. Like you're good to go and mm -hmm. you you know how to communicate, you know mm -hmm. how to meet deadlines, like you're good to go. And oh yay. Yeah. yeah. So. and I even feel like starting at in online it's given us even more of an opportunity to have the responsibility in like the all the independence that you guys give us because we mm -hmm. have to like stay on top of emailing you and like just kind of like grew us up really quick yeah <laughs> us into it. I think especially now because um with being online I think you know, I can't speak for employers, but I'm assuming they probably want someone who can just like hit the ground running, um, knows how to respond, knows when to communicate, not like overly communicate, but like knows when to have those like, you know, check in points and where they don't have to worry about them working from home. So being able to sort of project that confidence if you were to like work somewhere working remotely, um, just coming out of school because I'm, I'm sure that that's probably a bit of a challenge for some or could also be really intimidating for students as well like if they're just only used to it in the classroom setting and then all of a sudden they're thrust into you know this mm -hmm. job where where they have to work online um, so it's, it's like learning those skills as well yeah yeah as the night I were talking about um, the file management like you are <laughs> you have a passionate Oh, yes. for file management and 
um, the the numbering technique that you've showed us on like folders. We're yeah. saying you should totally implement that in the corporate course that you mm-hmm. teach. I feel like yeah. file organization is like a course in itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. But it's so important. It's so important because things move so fast in the industry that it's like the thing you don't want to have to worry about. You've got like so many other things that you're worrying about and trying to design and trying to design on a deadline. The last thing that you need is to not know where a file is or be confused by file names or, Mm -hmm. you know, like it just adds a level of stress that's unnecessary. It's something you can easily control. Um, so it's good to get into like habits and I think wherever you go, they're going to have a slightly different organizational system. But if you have something that you've already like sort of got for yourself, Mm -hmm. um, you can all like, of course you need to adapt to whatever system, um, your employer's using, but I think it just, it just helps in general for you to stay organized. Oh yeah. It gives you more time to design too, you know, like you don't have to figure out how, how to organize your files. You can focus your time and energy on being creative. And who wants to waste their time trying to find this, like, one particular file? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like everyone's been there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So after your experience at George Brown, what was it like finding a job? It was stressful because, you know, like, you're done and you don't have that, like, sort of safety net of school anymore. And you're like, you just want to, you just want to start working. You're, you're, like, eager and excited and... uh, I have been told summer is like one of the worst times to look for a job because people are on vacation, things start to slow down. So mm-hmm. I always had that in the back of my mind, but I, I literally just sort of pounded the pavement and um, just sort of met with people and showed them my portfolio. And then um, I think just by, you know, right place, right time, um, mm-hmm. I landed something in the fall and it was really fortunate and lucky. And uh, I think it seems like there's a lot more job opportunities from what I can see now. Um, Cause like as a graphic designer, you know, you can help with social media, like from a corporate perspective, I am not as, I don't understand the ad world as much as like maybe branding, but um, you can create like brand and help with social media strategy. Like it's just, there's so many things where, like graphic design skills come into play. So I think there's just so many little niche areas. Um, When I graduated, um, Instagram wasn't a thing to date myself, but (laughs) so there wasn't as many sort of avenues as well at that point. But yeah, I think like now is like, it's such a great time to be a designer. Yeah. What was that first job that you landed when you graduated? Yeah, so I worked at an ad agency, but they had like a separate um, branding and design team. So we were pretty small. We had about, I think it was like seven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, anytime there was anything ad related, it would go to the ad team. And then anything that was um, like for branding, it would come to us. But yeah, we worked on a lot of LCBO campaigns and that was like okay. exciting because it was like literally creating like, at the time was coming up with like a new look and feel all the time and you're pitching a lot and it was just such a great experience I loved it amazing yeah what advice would you give to young designers pursuing a career in corporate design oh this is a tough question (laughs) what advice would I give you just have to like honestly keep designing and just keep pushing yourself and constantly learn I think that's a big thing just in general whether like in anything design related I think you just constantly have to learn and grow mm-hmm. <laughs> like you don't want to get um because things are just changing so quickly now you have to pick yeah. things you have to be able to adapt very quickly um and you just have to like put your skills into practice all the time and and understand how everything sort of fits together, you know, like not just be, don't be afraid to try things. Like I remember I had suggested to all of you in my class to take motion graphics because that just seems to be something that a lot of people are looking for. And I think it helps mm-hmm. to broaden um, your skill set in terms of things that you can do. Same with web as well. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of, you don't need to be an expert in these things, but I think just understanding how they work and being able to work on a team and understand the the terminology is very helpful and beneficial as a designer. So I think it's keep, you know, keep trying. Don't be, 
don't worry about being perfect. Of course, we want like to have really good work, but to learn, constantly learn from people, um, being able to take feedback and grow mm -hmm. and um, being adaptable and constantly just learning new things. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, so I feel like a lot of young designers, they're like very focused on, okay, I'm, I'm going to go into branding. That's what I'm going to do. But like you said, I feel like it's so important for you to have everyone to have your hands in multiple pots, you know, and be able yeah. to do everything. Cause that's, what's going to make you um, stand out for an employer. If you know how to do all these things. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, <clears throat> I think there's so much like room to sort of shift around as well that you may think you want to do something and then you get in there and you're like, Oh, I kind of sort of, I like this. And then you shift into something else but it's just being open and learning from other people and and just trying new things all the time mm -hmm. constantly watching like tutorials and yeah yeah do a lot of that now with motion it's just like youtube and we're just trying to find like new resources to get new videos and just learn new things yeah. but the, i'm glad that all of you guys like our teachers and everyone um enforce that in us now like during school to be able to to be open to learning new things. Nicole mentioned a few weeks ago that she's like taking a course in uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. Yeah. And that's just so good. Like, I mean, I want to learn new things too. And I, I'm glad that you guys enforce it in us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's super important. It's, you know, it's especially important now because you just need to adapt so quickly, right? It's just the way of the world now. It's just things just change rapidly. I think in general, as a designer, though, the thing that I've realized as I've started to sort of see things shift and change is I think it's always good to have those really strong foundational design skills. Mm -hmm. And then you can apply them into those different areas, whether it's motion graphics or whether it's um, web. But it's it's understanding all those foundational things that you that you learn in school. Yeah. You know? whether it's type, color theory, mm -hmm. you know, principles of design, all of those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are there any projects from your career that really stand out to you and are things that you, um, are projects that you consider your favorite or? I really loved working on those LCBO campaigns. It was mm -hmm. so much fun. It's very intense. It was a lot of work, but I loved it. Um, you do a lot of like art directing and design. It's just, I feel like you do so many things. It taught me to be very organized as well. Like I always felt like I was an organized person, but because things move so quickly, you have to be super organized. So I would say that those were my favorite. Like I just, I love them. It was great. It was fun. Even like the, the, now the LCB, LCBO summer campaigns, they look I love those campaigns. They look so fun and yeah, great. energetic. Um, I know that a lot of kids or young designers are scared to go into freelance because it's just so there's no rules. Like you have to make up your own rules. So what is something that you wish you knew when you were starting out as a freelancer? Um, <clears throat> I haven't done too much freelance work. I've done a little bit. Um, I can see how it is very intimidating. I did find um it's it's different than when you're working in a studio you I, I think one of the bigger challenges that I found personally was um when you're working in a studio you really get used to your team you understand the dynamics you understand the workplace mm -hmm. so um so that sort of stress you know after a little bit of time goes away um but I think when freelance, when you freelance, if you're in somewhere new, you're trying to also figure out, you know, what their workflow is, what their file management is. So it's, it takes a little bit of time to, to get used to that. Now, I, that sort of like being in a studio or in an office, if you're working remotely, it's probably a little bit different. But um, I say that's probably the one of the biggest challenges with yeah. freelancing. Um, but yeah, I don't have too, too much experience with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely very intimidating. Like yeah. I've tried to do some freelancing mm -hmm. and it's just come out me undercharging and not <laughs> yeah. making anything off of it pretty much. Yeah, I think and it time. depends on who your client is, right? Like if it's like 
friends, family, or acquaintances, or like small businesses, it's a little bit different than if you were to go in and work like at a studio. So I think like that, and again, I don't have a lot of experience, but I think it's trying to, I think you got like, if you're going to freelance, I think the best thing you could do is just like talk to a bunch of people who already do freelance and get there, you know, just having conversations with them, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. And then just sort of, you know, using that understanding taking in that knowledge and figuring out what will work for you and, and setting your rate and, you know, setting your rate at, at like a, at the right reasonable rate. Um, and then just understanding, you know, through those conversations, how to maybe move forward when you are freelancing. Like I said, I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I think that that's probably what I would do if, if, if I were to do more freelancing is just, you know, pick people's brains and, and then compile what they've said together and, and use that. And I think in the beginning, it's just going to be intimidating until you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And then you sort of like see, oh, okay, I need to maybe try this instead or yeah, or change things up a bit. Love and learn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so coming back to George Brown, how did you find yourself teaching at George Brown? How did you end up doing like a full circle back to GBC? So um, when I was working, so after my first job, when I was working my first job, I was just, I noticed that the industry was changing quite a bit. Mm. And I was really focused on like print and just like design in general. And I I noticed things were like shifting to like designers who needed to know like web or motion graphics. And I was like, I just realized I, I just, I could try to teach myself this, but I'm like, I don't have enough time to teach myself this. And I just, I am much better in a classroom. So Mm. I took the post-grad program, um, interactive media management and, um, learned those things that I felt I needed. And I just, again, just had such a great experience and I did that at George Brown. So I had such a great experience there that I just really wanted to be part of the community and to be able to give back. I like to teach, I like to help people. So yeah, I just was like, I want to be part of this. And that's kind of how it happened. So I started uh, helping Lori um, on projects in the in-store and then eventually um, just started teaching from there. So was asked to teach one course and then it just and it just took off and I just started teaching more courses. Yeah. Um, have you did you ever see yourself teaching in the past or was it just something that kind of happened and you're like, oh, I, I love this? I think I probably have always like in in some small way I've always wanted to teach like I like helping people and I like helping I like to explain things to people if they don't understand because I I feel really happy when I see people get it I'm like yeah okay like you get it <laughs> um so I think maybe part of me just always knew that in some form I would be teaching um that's amazing. I don't know if that helps answer the question. <laughs> no. I, I don't think I was like, yes, I'm going to be a teacher. But I think <laughs> just from like just wanting to help people and that's always just been a big part of who I am. No, I'm it like, comes through yeah. definitely for even for when we had you for corporate, just the way you would teach us and like the rules and the advice you would give every week. It really helped us. And no, it was good. <laughs> it was good to hear. <laughs> What other classes do you teach other than the corporate design one? So I teach in both graphic design and interaction design and development. So I teach um, corporate one in graphic design. And in the same semester I teach, it's, it's very similar in interaction design and development, but it's, it's a little bit more condensed. um, But it's basically like working on a branding project. Um, from more of like the perspective of like the end being like a website or an app. And then um, I teach technical drawing, which is okay. Illustrator Photoshop. And then I teach mm-hmm. thesis as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. So it's a nice good range of courses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite part about being a professor for thesis students? And what advice would you give to us for those of us who are about to embark on our third year? Sure. Yeah. Um, I just love seeing the variety of projects because I think, (coughs) sorry, I think there's so many different topics that people choose and it really should be a passion project. Like it really should be something that 
like I said, a topic that you're just really passionate about because this is really probably the one of the few times that you'll ever be able to work on something like like this and be able to push it through and design it however you want. Once you get working, it's it would just be very rare that you you might come across something like this. Like there's always going to be those really interesting projects, but it might not be a passion project, something that mm-hmm. you're, like a topic you're just really, really interested in. Um, so I just love seeing like how like the end and seeing like all these like beautiful, amazing projects. And they're so, you know, the students are so proud and happy with the work that they've accomplished. And it's a lot of work for the whole, you know, semester just working on the design perspective. So I guess my advice would be like, pick something you're really passionate about. Make sure that you really love that topic because you're going to be working on it for so long. Um, Yeah. And start thinking about it in the summer. I would say, like, come up with, like, three things that you'd like to do. If you can think about, think Mm -hmm. of three. I would say, like, come to the table in the fall with, like, two. Because you'll do your research um, from September until December. But I think it just makes the the students who struggle, it seems, are the ones who just aren't really passionate about their projects. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it helps in the long run to be more passionate about it yeah what are like a few thesis topics that always come back each year that are kind of um like just typical and they're not very original like what are those ideas um I think environmental has been like a pretty big topic and I think Mm -hmm. It's not so much the topic itself. I think it's the approach and the design thinking behind the topic that needs Mm -hmm. to be original. So it's one thing to just make something look good and to design it well, but it's another thing to have some sort of like strategy or Mm -hmm. design thinking or thinking outside the box of really how are you going to connect with your target audience and how are you going to have people engage or um, respond to this content Mm-hmm. So I think that's the big differentiator is just trying to think that way. So having mm-hmm. a passion project, but then figuring out how, like I said, to get people to respond to it or interact with it or engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so being creative that way, because like it could be the same topic that tons of people have done, but your approach yeah. would be different. True. It's the approach rather than the topic. Yeah. I also heard from someone else that like a lot of um, students, they pick a topic that is too broad and they kind of get too they get too overwhelmed with the 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 topic and it ends up not like they're, they're having to focus on too many things. So the execution isn't as the execution isn't as good at the end and it kind of gets lost would you say that it's better to like focus in on like something specific than do like a broader topic I think it's I think it's okay to start broad when you're in the research Mm -hmm. part and then try to narrow it down also trying to do too much um, because you Mm -hmm. only have a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. so I think it's really being true to what you can achieve within the time period so you know you have 15 weeks that seems like a long time but there's a lot to be done so really being true to like how much can i realistically get done so learning how to plan out your time i think that's one of the bigger things that that if if you can figure out how to manage your time and plan out your time and figure out how really how long things are going to take you i think that's a big component of Um, being successful in thesis because I think a lot of students don't realize oh you know they're like like I said 15 weeks is a lot of time to work on something but then you know the weeks go by and it inches closer and you run out of time and you've got all this Mm -hmm. work you need to do so yeah that's that's one thing that I've noticed um, is a bit challenging everyone seems to get it done in the end but you don't want to just slap it together you want to be a project Mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. sometimes you have to strip things down right like how can you still have this project work and look good but what what areas are maybe unnecessary that you can like remove from 
from your deliverables. Not saying like just you still need to like have your deliverable, but there may be extra things that are just unnecessary. Definitely. What has been your uh, experience throughout the last year teaching online? Uh, have you enjoyed the shift to online interaction and teaching? Or like what have been your struggles? I don't mind teaching online. I like it. Um, I do certainly miss interacting with people. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do find difficult is um, when people don't turn on their cameras. And like I understand some people just don't like to turn on their cameras and that's that's fine. But it, it that does make it a bit challenging. Um, it's also one of those things that like when you go for a job interview or when you have to like speak to people and communicate with people, you do need to have your camera on. So I think it's one of those professional practice things that if you can do it as a student, get comfortable doing it as a student, you'll be more successful professionally mm-hmm. like when you start working. Um, but yeah, I I like teaching online, but I, I definitely miss being in the school. I miss running into people. I miss having those, those conversations. Um, sometimes it's easier to sort of walk around the classroom and, and discuss things, but I actually find that the, and we did it in our corporate class where we had the critiques Mm -hmm. for a good chunk of time. And I found that that really helped everybody. And um, we were able to sort of like get really focused on critiquing work and, and going through and, and looking what every, looking at what everyone's been working on. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that that worked really, really well. Yeah. Um, It's Mm -hmm. a little bit harder to do classroom. I think because people have to stand up in front of the classroom Whereas when you're presenting on screen, you don't have to literally physically stand in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. I feel um, like when things go back to in person and I'm going to be a mess presenting I know. and pitching ideas because like already, like I get really nervous speaking in front of people, like small, like a classroom amount, like I get really nervous right beforehand, but then when I start, I'm usually okay. But I feel like when I go back to presenting ideas in front of a team, I'm just going to be like shaking and my, my legs, like my, I always have like a leg going when I'm really nervous and like, I can't stop it from shaking. Oh my God. But I think it's going to be a, Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's going to be a struggle for us students that we've yeah. been presenting online and it's, it doesn't feel as, you don't feel the pressure Yeah. when you don't have like 30 pairs of eyes staring at you, you know? Yeah. yeah and, I, and I think that's why it worked is mm-hmm. I did try and do it in the, like have people present in the semester before. So like, I guess it would have been like a year prior and it worked okay. But definitely it was a bit, it, it took longer because people mm-hmm. on the computer put their stuff on there and just seemed to like take longer. But I, so I do feel like that part of it worked much better online. And I feel like a lot of you really grew from watching each other's, watching each other's presentations and just the critique and being able to, you know, be part of that conversation. Um but yeah, I think it's just practice and I can see how like, you know, sitting and just presenting on a screen is is much easier than actually physically standing in front of a group of people. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, I haven't figured that one out myself. You'll have to talk to Lori about that. She's really good with presenting. She's got really good tips oh, on, yeah? <laughs> on all of those things. Yeah. So if you need presentation mm-hmm. tips, she is the person to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she just exudes confidence too, Lori. She's just like... everything she talks about she's like I know this like I am bright like Mm -hmm. and she (laughs) says it in such a way that like you'll believe her no matter what you know yeah she's she's very good at presenting and she Mm -hmm. just she's concise and when she puts together a presentation I think I think the big thing with presentations is um that that I have learned and felt myself is if you know your content really well and even if you have like a slide, you're you're going through like a presentation deck and you're going through slide by slide. And even if you only have a couple of words on there, it's the fact that you know your content so well and you believe in what you're presenting, you know, that helps to relieve a lot of stress and anxiety. It's when you don't, you're not familiar with the content. Oh, yeah. 
or you haven't practiced (laughs) or you've got way too much coffee yeah Yeah. that's so true yeah what do you think you're looking forward to the most about going back to campus and uh being at the the daniels um waterfront campus again i think it's seeing people again Honestly, it's just, you know, (laughs) running into people, having just casual conversation and yeah, Yeah. just around people. (laughs) I can't wait to finally meet you because I don't think I've met you like a person. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I feel like I've met you just because we've had conversations through the screen, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that's true. I don't think we've ever met in person. I'm sure we've, you must've been there. You were First year, right? First year when we were on campus? Yeah. I was also, I did the foundations year. So I did a year at Richmond as well. When you guys had the the tiny inn. Like, <laughs> so small. It was so small. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what's this room with all these, yeah. these products? <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone did. They were afraid to come in. Yeah, because it, it was just... It looked like someone's office that just oh that you were God. like displaying I stuff. That room. I went for a, as well for like a couple of night courses. I was taking a Photoshop course there in like I don't know 2018. I remember that little room. I probably did see you there. How funny I'm sure is you that? Probably did. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, I like the podcast. I love listening to it. When it first came out, I was like, oh, what's this? And I really enjoyed uh, listening to it. I was really sad when like. December came and I was like, when's the next one coming out? (laughs) And I didn't, and then there was nothing. And I was like, but I like listening to this. Drop the ball. Oh my God. And it was funny because all of us, we just stopped talking about it and we didn't want to bring it up because there was such like shame (laughs) everyone was feeling. (laughs) So we just didn't talk about it. Yeah. But it was so, it is so great. I feel like it's such a great I had mentioned this before to both of you. I think it's such a great, or maybe just Emma, I can't remember now, but <clears throat> it's such a great um, way to build the community. So even if like the students aren't actually having those conversations, like the ones that are listening, they feel like they're part of the conversation because they're listening in and they probably feel like they can relate in certain ways or they're like, oh, that's good to know. Like, maybe I should take that course or yeah, think about this for thesis. Um, So I think it's really, it's really great that it exists um, and people can just listen to it like whenever they want. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was the goal too, because I feel like students aren't asking those questions as much when it's online because you're not just like in a classroom and you can just ask a question when the teacher's walking by, you know, and not, So it's nice that we're able to ask those questions and people are listening. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the teachers. Yeah. yeah even the teachers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always and, I was. I don't know who else was, but I no, feel like Diane yeah. was. I feel like she might yeah. have it. But. <laughs> because it gives you guys a perspective on how we're feeling and yeah. it can help, help you guys like improve your class structure. If you're like, oh, they don't like that even if it's just like our opinion it's not like everyone's opinion but yeah um, definitely I mean sometimes students are just afraid to you know say certain things because they they just don't know but yeah I mean certainly learn a lot from listening to it and just like ways to improve like I'm always trying to improve on like you know how I set up the course or you know the way that we do things in class um some things work, some things don't. Um, I feel like I really know when something doesn't work or when it does. And I do think like going back to it again, the um, the critiques, the critiques in the class seem to work really, really well. I feel like you all learn so much by by um, just looking at each other's work and giving those oh, opinions. Yeah. I think people were a little intimidated to give opinions at first. Oh, definitely. But I think eventually people warmed up and and were a little bit more vocal, and that was really yeah. Cool. I love group cr- critiques now. Like during the semester, we had a couple of professors ask, like, "Do you prefer one on one or do you prefer a group?" And the majority said group because mm-hmm. they just find it way more helpful. Yeah, because I think sometimes people pick up on things that like you might, yeah. you know, and sometimes it's hard to hear the 
constructive criticism, but I think sometimes it's it, it's also really good because it, it teaches you how to how to take that constructive criticism and uh, and improve your work. Because I think the worst thing is like as nice as it is to hear like oh that's great, does that help you as a designer? Yeah, I think there's always something that you can learn or improve on. Um, and some like I said, sometimes it's just something that you're not seeing or you're not connecting. And someone points it out and you're like, oh, yeah. I know. I always hope, like, I'm going to talk about this, that we, whenever we show our work to someone, we want them to rip it apart and just yeah. tell us what's wrong with it so we yeah. can fix it. Rather than say, we love it. I'm like, that's great. But how do I fix it? Yeah. The most disappointing <laughs> thing is when you show your work to, like, your peers or, or a teacher and they're like, this is good. Yeah, I, I really like it. I, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. And you're like, no, <laughs> what's wrong? I mean, sometimes, sometimes things don't need to yeah. be changed. But I think um, as students, like even my, like even myself, I'm like, please just tell me what's wrong with it. Because there's always something that can be improved, right? Yeah. Or changed. Sometimes it is subjective. And that's where you have to sort of learn, um, is this subjective or is this something I should really change? And I sort of, I learned that when I was um, out there showing my portfolio is I'm like, do I have to redo this every single time? Because I get like feedback on one thing and then I go see someone else yeah. and I get different feedback. So I started to learn if, if, if something is being, if, if there's a common sort of pattern or trend in terms of people saying the same thing about something it needs to get changed but if it's you know something different then sure I can take a look at it and try it but it might just be a subjective thing um, that I might not need to change or I can try it and, and see how it goes but I think it's always good to explore and try things because um, yeah. you can always go back to the original but not to feel overwhelmed by by the feedback if you're getting different opinions yeah yeah I've always wondered that like on the for the teachers, experience on like getting a whole bunch a whole bunch of students work and everyone has different styles and how do you not let your personal like design preference interfere with like the the marking or how you like it I don't know because it is all just like subjective it is subjective I think um there's a couple things there so I think like in general the one thing that I learned again, after I like graduated and started showing my portfolio is like, I realized I had a very specific style. Like I'm not an illustrator, but I had a very specific way of designing and, and people were like, I know that's, I know that's yours. And I'm like, but how? And they could never explain it. They just said, I know it's yours. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone giving me feedback and saying, you don't want to be a one trick pony. So this is someone who like at, a, at an agency or studio and they're like, you don't want to be a one trick pony. You and, and it makes total sense because when you go work at a studio um, or an agency, you have different clients and each client has different needs and your style may not fit their style. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you can have a style personally. I think as an illustrator, it's good to have a style. But I think as a designer, you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to read the brief and go through the content and understand what the deliverables are and understand what the objective is and do your research and know that you're going to have to design like your personal preference for design can't be like just sort of put into that design work you have to you have to do the research you have to create the mood boards you have to come up with a specific look and feel your design style might come through but your design style isn't going to fit for every client, right? Like you have might have a really corporate like client that's like a bank and you have a really sort yeah. of and playful style. So those two might not work together. And that's just mm -hmm. like a total random example. Um, but what you do need is you need those foundational design skills so that you know how like you, you can adapt to all these different um, client briefs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's okay to have a personal style, but just understand that personal style won't always fit for every single With client. With everything, yeah. So you need to learn how to sure. adapt, and, mm -hmm. and the brief is always going to be your go-to. Um, but in terms of, like, teaching, um, I, that's why I really love teaching corporate, because I love allowing the students to sort of explore and not feel sort of boxed in. I know there are certain parameters within the brief, 
Mm-hmm. But as long as they can connect their design to their research and have a justification for it, that's the goal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it points back to the research and it makes sense for the client. And then overall, just does it look good from a design perspective? Does it match my style? It doesn't matter as long as it connects to the design brief and as long mm-hmm. as it, it meets that objective. Definitely. Yeah. 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 That's what I loved about corporate one is so it's like for people that haven't t- taken it, it's you basically given a brief for a restaurant and you develop the whole brand um, and a whole bunch of other classmates get the same brief as you do the same couple a page of criteria and you come up with something completely different than yeah. what they did. And I just loved seeing everyone spin off of yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, because there's no like, and I think that's what I love about design in general is that there's no right answer, I guess. Like you can kind of, mm-hmm. as a, you can kind of take it however, whatever direction. But again, mm-hmm. it has to be appropriate. It has to align with the client's objectives in the design brief. And you can push it a little bit within those parameters, but it still has to make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and as long as you and and part of corporate and sort of like what you're probably also learning by working on these projects is being able to justify those design decisions and point back to like why why did you choose those colors why did you choose Mm -hmm. that typeface why did you design it this way right like why is it you know really rigid versus maybe really organic like how does that tie into your research and what does this mean so all of those things that's that's what you need to be able to do as a designer um and I actually think it's really fun to try Mm. things like that's the one thing that I learned once I started working is it was hard because I was used to designing a certain way but it's a lot of fun to just like explore different things and try new things and look at different inspiration and yeah mm-hmm. I, that's what I loved that's what I love about design it's just like all the different like ways you can approach it oh yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and I loved learning that part too for especially from your course was being able to defend your decisions because earlier on I know like each of us have like certain things or certain colors oh I just like it or I just think it's pretty that's why I picked it but then through your course I was able to um, defend each and every single big or little decision and that yeah. just felt nice without having to go to like oh I just picked it because I liked it yeah you know? <laughs> and it's really hard to do right it's really hard to articulate why but I think if you have really strong research mm-hmm. and that's why we sort of emphasize it in corporate if you have the strong research and it doesn't need to be super lengthy but like you can start to pick out like patterns and connect things like you know um, something in the history and then you sort of pick a style that sort of connects those two together and then the the design direction sort of follows that um, like yeah. look feel but yeah and it's it's a hard thing to do it's so hard to justify the design decisions but and it just takes practice but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those things you try and do for every course yeah mm-hmm. that you take and you're probably like I said you're probably learning a lot of this uh <laughs> now that you're working yeah Lori and I will ask you well why yeah <laughs> yeah come back with I don't know you have to be like because of this yeah because this represents this or in the research it showed this so this was chosen because mm-hmm. yeah because what happens is when you're more confident, when you speak that way, when you're more confident, when you um, can connect it to your research and these things, the client becomes more confident in you and they start to trust you. And, mm-hmm. and then um, it just, the workflow, it's, it's just works better. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. It was so nice talking to you. Yeah. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your day. I've already <laughs> eaten up. Uh, the first half of your afternoon. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Hopefully, hopefully this helped some uh, yeah. future students, students going into thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess uh, with thesis, just start thinking about it. Start thinking about it. Think about what you think you can deliver um, within a reasonable amount of time. Be really true to how fast you can work. Um, that's that's what I mean in terms of workload. 
pick a passion project. Don't just pick something just because, because you're, you, it will just be that much harder to work on it. Um, yeah. And you don't ha- need to have everything figured out for the fall, but I think if you have a couple of ideas, strong ideas, it'll just be that much easier for you. You can always like detour a little bit, but I, I think it'll just, it will really help and um, figure out how to do work back schedules and plan out your time. Yeah. That's a big thing yeah. too. Um, and then um, in terms of, working on it just just make progress every week yeah don't sit on things I think that that's a hard thing to do because you you spend a lot of time on your own but definitely just feel like even if you're not sure what to do just pick something and work on it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just want to make sure you're using your time as best as possible because you don't want to lose that time and and find that you've run out of time at the end and your project suffers for it yeah yeah, that would be devastating. That's my those are my words of wisdom for people. <laughs> yes, I'm already like I've been brainstorming so much already this summer about it's. I feel like it's always in the back of my head, like thinking mm-hmm. the wheels turning. What what am I gonna do? What am I gonna yeah. do? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and your weekend. Thank, thank you. you for having me on your podcast. I thank love thank you for coming on. No problem. <laughs> nice to have you. <laughs> was. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us at SOD Talks on Instagram to stay up to date with future episodes and also get sneak peeks on future guests we got Mm -hmm. a lot of good interviews coming at you yes and new episodes every second monday of the month yeah so look out we are doing a schedule and we will try to keep to it yes (laughs) don't hold us to it though i'm just kidding (laughs) please hold us accountable yeah (laughs) okay all right see you next time see ya bye